podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged episode. I have no idea, but before we... Before we get going, I'd like to give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, go over, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $450 off and they'll take really good care of you. Um, oh, before I forget too, if you like this podcast, go over and check out some of our other ones like High School Hoops, Coaching Youth Hoops, 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast. If you're looking for that one defense that will work against anybody, the Funnel Down Defense Podcast, you know, the Rule of Three offense that will work at any level, go over and check those out leave a five-star review you would like those but also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better it's a one-stop shop for basketball coaches it's resources it's everything it's what i it's what i would have wanted as a 27 year old basketball coach it's a roadmap to success uh, on and off the court and we offer a 14-day free trial because i'm a coach i understand how it goes go over and check it out kick it kick the tires around see if it's for you and if it's not we'll part our ways and we'll say thank you and and move on but i i guarantee you're going to love all the material and the material we're always putting in um teachups.com but anyway have a great day everybody and let's head off the podcast so what do you do in your end of season end of season i it kind of for me it's similar to mid midway um but i want end of season to definitely feel more um definitely a little more closure in there definitely more encouragement and like hope for the future where mid season <laughs> it's like you got to work for it right where end of season you got a lot of time now um but definitely giving that that positive feedback of things they did well and like really hammering that in um for i had a, a coach when i played in uh in high school and he was the first coach i ever had and the only coach i've ever had who did this and he at end of the season he pulled me aside told me exactly why i wasn't playing much told me what to do how to fix it what how to what style of play in a game how to change that and next season i came in i did that and i played more and that was like eye-opening for me of just that open communication and right. like he <laughs> he told me exactly what the reason was and I fixed it and then I got that reward for it and I think that is just something that I really focus on in the end of season just being very clear with them yeah I I I find I find you know the the I, I the the tryout one and the, even before game one or after game one there's still a ray of hope for just about everybody on the roster at that point. I find the midseason, the end of the season are probably the most if you're building culture and building relationships because you're having that courageous one. But the end of the season, a um, couple of bits of advice I would give coaches is, first of all, I would have someone else in the room with me when I do the, all of these. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I can tell you a story about my son. He I had an end of season one with my son after his junior year and what I said and what he came home and told his mom I said were two separate things (laughs) um maybe it was between sophomore and junior whatever uh but it was i we laugh about it now but it's like that's not what i said i i had three other coaches in that room drew i did not say that to you you know he thought i was told me never play and i said no i said here's what you have to do if you want to play 
like um but I know, it I, sounds so great in your head and like even when it's coming out but you never know how they're gonna take it they, how they take it or what yeah. you said so um I like to make the end of the season alone a little bit. I like to talk about statistics. I like to talk about concrete. I like to hand them a piece of paper. I like to make that the midseason tends to be a little bit more just communication talking, but mm-hmm. um, I, I never have enough time on the end of seasons. Usually we leave like 15, 20 minute book sessions, which can be really long when you're running through like, you know, 15, 18 kids it can be mm-hmm. three or four days, but um, I never, I never get done early with them because no, I, I always run late on those too. tryouts and end of season i i take way too much time yeah <laughs> so just for coaches that are listening it's like i think that if you want to build a culture you want to build a program you want to build moving forward that end of season because you're right it's more positive and here's what you did well and here's what you didn't do well and here's here's your plan and here's how here's what we're going to do in the off season to make ourselves better and make the program better. And it's like, blah, 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 blah. And what do you feel? And where are you playing? And it's like, it is literally a conversation and uh, yeah, they're, they're very tiring, but they're very productive. I would say very productive. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's keep moving on coach. That's right. more questions. Um, for yeah, you too. Kind of jumping into team culture. Um, so I think one of the biggest areas of team culture is having strong leaders on your team and whether it's a captain or not a captain, um, but having those kids who can really kind of pull, pull everyone together. Um, and I love to really include my captains and my leaders on my team um, in, in the difficult, like um, maybe I'll talk with them first about a difficult topic and then bring it to the whole team um, just to kind of get their feedback and then and then adjust what I'm kind of saying to the whole team. Um, but I feel like I don't, if, if the team is arguing, me telling them to stop over and over again is only <laughs> going to do so much. <laughs> right. Where if they're, it, they're coming from their peers and kids that they may even look up to, then I think it hits home a little harder. Right. And we can name as many captains as we want. I'm telling you, but the, they, they know. They yeah. know who's elite. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, yeah. I think team captains are the most overrated thing in team in all of sports. Because <laughs> there's a difference. You in the in the center circle you have team leaders and team captains. They're not always necessarily the same thing. And they sometimes change. <laughs> and they sometimes change. They really you might do. have a leader in the beginning that maybe kind of goes the other way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. I think that's where I think that's where it's in a it yes it, it's a very important pivot and discussion when you figure out who you want to lead your group. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like I I like to refer to them as team leaders rather than team captains. But mm-hmm. yes, um, there's only one captain, and usually we have more than one leader. Yeah. Usually, if mm-hmm. you're thinking about a team, um, yeah, I love that. I love that kind of. The, the mindset of how you can kind of go and tackle that is um, again, all this is if you want to, I mean, if you want a winning program, all this stuff is super important. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, you said you had one more slide, I think one I more do, you went. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to touch on, like I could talk about this for so long. There's so many different things to after a win versus after a loss. Um, but after a win, I really like to, you want to, you want to give them critique and you want to give them things to work on, but 
I after a win, I know some coaches like to really they're almost harder on their team after a win than a loss. And I think I probably am in a way, but I always want them to feel good about that win when they leave. I don't want them to feel good coming off the court and then have me bring them down for all the things I felt like, okay, we still got to work on this. I think it's important to point a few things out, like one or two to improve in the future, but really acknowledge the great things in that game, acknowledge the highlights and end on a positive note. Um, And then looking at a loss, I think it's important to be honest. And when usually when I address my team, it's not right after the game with all this. Usually it's in that same practice. Yeah, it's so hard. Um, they don't hear you. Coaches, they yeah. don't hear you. They, no, they they're, really don't. They're looking at their parents ready to go. Yeah, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're already out the door right. mentally. Um, so, yeah, the, the following day I always try to to do it. Um, but for after a loss, make sure they know the negative just in a constructive way. Um, and then always give praise for what went, what went right. Um, I never individually point out anyone specifically after a tough game. I think tough games are hard on everyone. It's not one one player's fault. Right. Um, and then just being supportive. And then also after a loss, I want to hear their feedback too. And a lot of it is them, them talking after a loss and um, getting their feedback. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you got a process. It's like anything like, mm-hmm. I, I just I, I, short is better to be honest with you. Post games, um, it, it, it's better to it's better to learn lessons after a win than a loss. Let's just be real. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, you you need failure in life to to learn that. We all need that growth mindset. Um, but uh, yeah, I just I never had as good of. Um, feedback or long-term benefit after the game then when i go home i walk the dog i have something to eat i sleep on it and then the next day it's like all right we're gonna come back we're, we're they you know i'll i'll walk them usually what i'll do is like especially if it's after a bad loss or a big loss or something like that i won't say anything to them we'll keep it really short after the game and then we'll come to practice the next day they'll all be shooting kind of warming up and then we'll just walk to my room and we'll talk to that and I'll spend as long as I need to. If I need to spend 30 minutes at that point, because um, I got their attention at that point. Right. It's like, well, let's talk about why this didn't work and why do we have, you know, 22 turnovers? Well, that you're not going to win many games when you have 22 turnovers. Um, so I think those are the things that you got to, you got to kind of really dive into. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, um, yeah, I, I just think both of those are are, are big as far as, because they're they're more likely to listen at that point. Yeah, um, absolutely. All right, so let's we can close that out. Well, I'll right. I'll put this down below so if people want to see it. What is what do you think the hardest thing to teach is at practice? Um, I I find like our general offense that we're running to be the hardest thing to really instill, because I think at the root of it they just want to play kind of street ball, get open. <laughs> right <laughs> um and i think that's what they want to do and to really kind of shift them out of that can be difficult especially um it, with seventh eighth graders who have never played organized basketball um that can be a really <laughs> really tough habit to break <laughs> yeah I, I mean it just it's um i just think it's a difficult 
that shift is hard for them. And it's harder at the middle school level than any level, I'm telling you. It's it's yeah, yeah. and at that at that point it, you have a lot of egos and and then um some players who are lack that confidence and like I mentioned with like the connections and like just being aware of the the personalities on your team, I think that's really important in navigating um difficult things to teach and like and all that. Um what um how do you practice plan? What what is your how do you go about getting ready for practice? Like what's your specific thing you do? So for me, I mean I'm not talking like here's I 30 minutes of that. I'm just talking about like how do you grasp that and then how will that change moving into like being a JV coach? Yeah. Yeah. I mean for me, I I always like in the summer, that's where I, I try to really hammer down, okay, these are the general things we gotta work on. And I I create practice plans, never end up following them because things change so much um, of right. what you thought you needed to work on versus what you actually have to work on. Um, but going into each day, trying to just really trying to go off of the day before and figuring out what went right, what didn't go well, um, why it didn't go well and how we can <laughs> how we can adjust. How it can change. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I've gone, I've changed over the years too. I used to do it the night of now I tend to do it the morning after. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just gotta like for coaches, I think you just gotta get into rhythm, like whatever works for you. Um, right. like I'll map out my first week before the season. Cause that's just what I do in the fall. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you, there's five practices, two tryouts, three practices. I'll keep two of them probably. Yeah. And the other three. I mean, just because, oh, shoot, that didn't work. Or, oh, crud, we need more work on that. Um, So that's just the way it just kind of pivots for me. It's, yeah. So I think for the young coaches or the coaches that are listening, you're just going to have to, that's, that will take some time, though, to, to get some rhythm with that. Mm-hmm. Um, is there um one thing, did you coach during COVID? Um, I did not. Well, technically I did not like the heat of it, but the, the kind of the first year where they were kind of coming back to school, 2021, I started 2021. Okay. So you didn't have to go through, um, what, uh, explain about being a JV coach. Have you met with the head coach? What does that look like? How, you know, are you having to learn new things? Cause it's been a long time since I've been a JV coach. So that <laughs> intrigues me. Um, so yeah, he, uh, I, I met with the varsity coach and, uh, he, I think every coach has different things that they want to try, especially um, at the varsity level with the whole program. Um, and I, I mean, I believe in a lot of consistency throughout the whole program too. Um, so trying to incorporate what he's running at varsity and um, especially at JV, because a lot of those players might go up and down um, throughout the season, depending on injuries, grades. Um, I know in the past, we've had players who have kind of bounced up and down the two levels. You're triple A in baseball. That's what you yeah. are. You're triple A baby. You're, you're the sure. minor leagues. <laughs> um, so just really making sure those players are kind of consistent on what they're learning to and trying to run similar defense, similar offense and um, just overall concepts. Yeah. I think that's important. I love that. Um, all right, so I'm going to jump into my rapid fire. What's uh, just going to ask you some really quick questions? What's your favorite brand of actual basketball? Uh, for me, I think Spalding. 
<laughs> okay. That's that's my go-to. I feel like it has the better bounce. We for uh at our school we have Wilson and Spalding, but I always prefer the Spalding. I like Spalding too. Um, if you go to one sporting event for free in the world, what would you go to and why? Probably March Madness Final Four, but go. Super Bowl is a close. I've been I've been to a couple Final Fours. It's unbelievable. You yeah. should go. It's unbelievable. Um, one word to describe your ideal player. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career Make an impact as a fact seeker and a truth teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Oh, uh, that's tough. Uh, I'll get. I'll say leader. Okay. One thing you do to relax. I'll uh, go for a run. Uh, favorite pregame or postgame meal. Ooh, uh, a, a big pasta dish. <laughs> a big pasta dish. Okay. Pre or post or both? Generally post. I usually don't eat a ton before. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, do you have any superstitions? Uh, not really. I mean, my first year we went undefeated and I did not say the word undefeated the whole year. So maybe that. <laughs> That's a superstition. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, one coaching technique you think is important. Um. I would just say, uh, I think communication. Just I was gonna say I was gonna jump in soon. I would say you just talked about. I would guess you. That's what you would have said. Um, If you could describe your perfect player in five words or less. Ooh, um, I would say coachable, um, hardworking honest i want them to give me feedback um i'll give leader again and then uh i'll, I'll go for the fifth um that's okay hard working we can count that as two yeah all right. okay all right. we'll count that as two. uh best player of all time mj, <laughs> MJ. uh if you could only teach one skill at practice what would you teach I think I think defense. I think okay. general defense. Okay. Shot clock, yes or no? Yes. Uh if you could change one thing about the game, what would you change? Oh, I would change stuff me on this one. <laughs> I would definitely change the Flopping. I hate flopping. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. There's they're trying to do that internationally. They are, um, yeah. One thing that helped you become a better coach. I think just 
always being open to hear from other coaches and hear other people's journeys and understand. Yep. You can win in multitude of ways. Trust me. Uh, charge circle. Yes or no? Uh, no. Uh, best game you've seen in person. We're talking basketball. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I mean, I've only been to one NBA game. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, and I'll, oh, I'll go with this. Uh, so University of Buffalo, where I, I'm at, we, uh, I went to the MAC championship to, for them to get to the, the tournament. And that was a, a great one. They won by three and that's a, yeah. it was a nail, nail biter. Oh, that's a good one. Um, favorite quote or saying? Uh, my favorite quote um, by an, uh, an author I like. Uh, he's actually a principal. Um, but quote would be, I have it on my wall, but I have it blocked. <laughs> it's okay. Check real quick. Uh, yeah, quote. So, life is about the opportunity that you get to impact the world around you, to make a difference, to leave a legacy. I always ask my students what the meaning of life is, and eventually we come around to like, <laughs> are you leaving this place better than you found it? Kind yeah. of thing. Yes. Um, quarters or halves? I like quarters. Okay. Best basketball coach of all time. Um, go, go Popovich. Okay. Best team of all time. I would say, I would say MJ's Bulls. I think the whole dynasty. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, jump ball yes or no yes okay I'm gonna, that's the wrong answer but okay is it <laughs> yes uh that's my that's my point in life is to get rid of the jump ball because there's one a game and the officials are bad at throwing it no one yeah. practices it it should just be universal the visiting team gets the ball alternating possession done i wouldn't hate it <laughs> yeah the, the, the nba is the only place where they actually do every jump ball in the u.s it's like well okay if, let, let's go back if we're gonna do right. it let's go back why do we like You're right it doesn't make a ton of sense it, it's <laughs> like pick one that's fine yeah. i don't care if we're gonna jump it let's jump everything if we're not mm -hmm. then let's go alternating possession right it's one of my pet peeves i just <laughs> don't get it the, the shot clock i don't really care. the other stuff i don't really care but it's just like why are we keeping this no one has the circles anymore and gyms anymore they don't paint them anymore yeah it's not coming back so <laughs> It would make it was it would make a lot of uh, strategy, I think. If yeah, we did, if we got you're starting the game with that. Ball. Yeah, you know, so I know I'm starting, and you know you're starting on defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that let's, would be. A, let's yeah, go. It'd be, be the cool. the chess match. Cool part would be very cool. Um, one book you'd recommend? Um, I actually have it next to me. Uh, <laughs> this book called Relentless. Um, it's by uh like a a school principal. It's the same same guy who gave me my quote, um, but it's all about how he um, is kind of changing how education should be and adapting his school um, through his own experiences and transforming the culture. And I, I really apply like the culture aspect to my coaching as well. What's his last name? Uh, Brewer, B-R-E-W-E-R. -E -E um, 
So this has nothing to do with basketball, it but the, not, but for no, 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 no. I'm just saying right. the whole K through 12 educational system from someone that's been in it this whole life needs to be nuked. It's mm -hmm. broken. It's wrong. Yeah. We're not teaching kids ain't stuff they need. It's <laughs> just like, but I, it's not going to like, you, you haven't been teaching long enough. Everything moves about like a snail in education. <laughs> so, um, Yes, that if I was running for president, my platform would be we're nuking K through twelve education. Right. <laughs> we're nuke. We're just starting get over. Get rid of it. Start over. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, no one really needs calculus unless they're going to be an. I'm a math teacher. No one really needs calculus unless they're going to be an engineer or a doctor. Right. It's a gatekeeper. Come on. Mm -hmm. I mean, no one really needs it. Yeah. So why are we teaching stuff they don't anyway? I understand the conceptual and the math part, but it's like, come on, it's like fifth year of high school math. No one needs that. Yeah. You at that point, you know the direction you're heading. <laughs> right. So then you should take it. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't want my bridges falling down. And I don't want I want my engineers to know their math. Absolutely. Yeah. But the average person does not need that. For they sure. probably don't even need algebra two yeah. um in the world we live in now. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's a side note education thing all right so my last question for every podcast that i do is and you're a puppy so i don't know if this is going to be as relevant but if you could go i always say if you go back to your younger self this is for more for the old farts like me but if you could go back to maybe your first year coaching or what would you tell yourself what what have you learned over the stretch of your coaching career at this point i'll word it that way i think i would I would go back and tell myself that I, because when I first started, I was very oriented of like, we need to get to all of this in our practice. We need to learn this yeah. in this amount of time. And I think understanding that things change so fluidly and it's never going to be what you expect. Every no. day is going to be different. <laughs> and it's That's like teaching. I go in with, I go in the plan every day. Yeah. Half the time that plan's like gone by third hour. It's like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Like, right. this didn't work. And usually it's my fault. Yeah. Like, okay, this didn't work. I didn't do it right. Mm -hmm. Okay, how are we gonna, how am I going to change this? Or, oh, crud, tomorrow I got to go back and recircle because, you know, they got Mr. Collins off topic or I don't know, <laughs> right. something, or I didn't do yeah. the right thing or I taught it, I said the wrong stuff. It mm -hmm. didn't work. So I yeah, agree. I've, I've definitely had things where like I'll teach a whole thing and I'll say one thing wrong and it'll throw the whole thing off and then we'll have to go back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> I tell people that I tell people that like there's people that are underappreciated in the world, like nurses and both teach educators, blah, blah, blah. But I tell people whenever, if you think teachers don't need a break in the summer and you don't think teachers, you should come in and go into a classroom for a month <laughs> and see what it's like. Because, yeah. the, I mean, I even teach in high school. The number of questions, teachers get no breaks. And the number of questions that we get asked in a day would make most people's heads explode. And after the day. Like and after the day. It's like, yes. And there's, some of them are just stupid. But it's like no one in the workplace gets to ask as many questions no. as an educator. <laughs> Never. Never. Like that question probably could have waited until tomorrow, not 10 p.m. tonight. <laughs> yes, yes, it, it, it always can. All right, well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it, Coach. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey, everybody, hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe, like, 
jump up and down, review, do whatever you got to do. Um, also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great. Sports Social Podcast Network.